0: What's the matter, guys? All right. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church. Um, There was some slight little technical thing there, so I don't know how much of that's going to be on the video, but if I'm standing on the video quietly for a long time, it means I was just waiting for them to come on, so there you go. But uh, we're glad you're with us. We're going to continue on in the series we're doing called The Ministry of Encouragement. And um, we're into eight weeks now. Uh, we're building on something I call the Encouragers' Truth at the moment, but we, we laid the foundation of this series back in the first four weeks, looking at it biblically, looking for the, the need for it. Uh, hopefully, you're convinced that is something we ought to be doing, that is a definite ministry of the church, that we have sort of dropped the ball on this area, I believe. We've, we've sort of gotten short sighted and. We picked up other areas that maybe we shouldn't have. Um, we've been more focused, you know, when, and talking about the church in general, more focused perhaps on being the moral police than on being the, the ones who have the good news and share it in a way that people can respond to it. And so um, we've been looking at the, net, the need for encouragement in the world and that we're called to it, that the world's a grumpy place, it's filled with fear. Very negative. Everything that we hear is negative, uh, coming at us, and um, people are sort of just caught in this trap. The result of that, I believe, is it's made us very selfish and self-focused because we we filter everything through the concept of what happens to me, what about me, and we we're losing the ability to see what God can do in the midst of difficult things. And so we need to we need to keep God in the equation. If you were, I went on uh, my uh, jesusmoment.com this week and cut a little video just about that and uh, and rewrote the equation, the encouragement equation I came up with in this series, which was U plus two P equals three P E, And then I realized that although God was uh, implied in that equation, that uh, he wasn't stated. And so I wrote, rewrote the equation. And now if you go and look at a Jesus moment, you'll see that the equation is U, which is you to the power of G, which is the power of God. Plus 2p equals 3pe. So now I'm, I'm very happy with that equation. Of course, in a new study like Encourageomics, which I invented, there is some room for changing the founding equations and the corollaries that follow. But I'm pretty comfortable with this. And, uh, and so anyway, uh, this idea of encouragement is about always keeping God in the equation and being a people of hope and sharing that hope with the world. And that it's a ministry. It's something that we're called to. And, and that we need to make it a priority in our lives. So I've, I've asked you to do some things uh, along the way. One of those things, that is, I've asked you to memorize some scripture. And I know some of you have, and some of you haven't. You know, that's, that's okay. Um, but, but you should know by now, if you've been doing it, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. And that's, that was all I'd asked you to memorize. But we've been doing a verse a week, starting at, at the second week. And now we're, we're here and... Uh, I think I have it, but, you know, sometimes I get and then I can't remember certain parts of it. It's all a learning process. But you should know something like this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And see, now here, and and let us, uh, I know this, hang on. See, this is the thing, I'm thinking ahead of myself. Let us hold on to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not, hang on, <laughs> let's not quit meeting together as some of the habit are doing, but let's encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So that's kind of it, but I, I messed it up there in the middle. And then I lost my entire flow. But that's okay, because you need to see what memorization looks like. It takes a while. It takes practice. It takes repeating it. it. takes going over and over again. And when I, I lost sight of verse 23 in my brain, and that's where I got stuck. Because at that point, if I'd have skipped it, I could have done 24 and 25 perfectly. But when going back, it messed me up. So, I need to keep learning it. So do you. Powerful chunk of scripture. And, and let, us, let us not give up meeting together somehow. Let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, that's the foundation for the ministry. All this stuff's out there. And we need to encourage one another all the more. And somehow when all this stuff is out there, we, we went in the wrong direction. We started encouraging other less and just buying into the mess. And we need to be a people that share hope with the world. Not pie in the sky, not that not, we not aware of what's going on, but always keeping God in the equation. I know it looks bad, but I, we'll see what God can do. You don't know what God's going to do yet. And let's, let's wait on him. He's done some pretty cool stuff in the past. I think he can do it again. And so we, we keep our focus and our attention on him. So I've asked you to memorize some scripture. And um, then I've asked you to try and start every day by being thankful for five things. If you haven't started doing that yet, please do that. It will, that one simple step will change the way you look at life. I, I don't know how to tell you other than that. It will, it will have that sort of impact on your life. Be thankful for five things every morning. And then I, I added I add to that, encourage two people a day, because that was part of the equation. I have a little prayer that I think you should pray now, too. A little tiny prayer that I've been praying that I think will make you a, a more in tune with how to be an encourager. And, and the prayer is this simple Lord, please help me to become the person that my dog thinks that I am. <laughs> That's a good prayer. If you have a dog, you will get that. Um, uh, <laughs> So, so, and I think it's really poignant. I think maybe it only works for dog people, but that's a great prayer. I want to be the kind of person that my dog already thinks that I am. And uh, that would make a huge difference. Okay, so, so those are the things I've asked you to do. And then um, I heard this week, too, what makes a good sermon. So I'm going to try and work with that. I, I read this, it's pretty interesting. Apparently a good sermon consists of a good beginning, a good ending, and those two elements are very close together. <laughs> so I, i'll do my best um i don't know how good the beginning or the ending will be but i'll try and keep them close together at least i can get that part together so we have been discussing what i've called the encouragers truth we made an acronym out of truth truth sets people free and it, it encompasses the five sort of things that we bring into the ministry of encouragement um, with us and that's thinking recognizing understanding talking in helping that encompasses our minds our eyes our ears our mouths and our hands and that that these are the tools we have uh, in the ministry of encouragement and so we've already gone through the first three um, and and we talked about the importance of perspective in relationship to the mind that we need to become people of right thinking and that right thinking has to do with getting our perspective from the throne room of God not from the culture and that we we look to the Word of God and the will of God for the motivation of our lives, the love of God. That that it's, it all starts with getting this tuned in with what really matters. And that, that that's where transformation comes from, is being renewed in the mind, see? And that we've allowed ourselves to be bombarded with all this negative stuff, and it's, it's just taken us in a really bad direction. And... You know, I've told you, it's worth repeating, I think. um, I know what it's like to have the news on as a background in my life. And I I also know the impact in my life was not good. Because I was getting stressed out all the time. And and if, if the news can be on now, it can start to stress me out. And it's not the facts that tend to stress me out. It's the spin on the facts. Because something can be bad, and then people come along and feel like they need to make it worse. Like somehow I don't get that it's bad. And so here's every possible worst-case scenario that, that can ever be thought of by anyone that's got nothing better to do, and here it is. And everything just gets stressful. And, and it's like, okay, we live in a fallen world. The planet's broken. I get that bad things are going to happen. But God is still God, and I'm going to keep my focus on Him. And He's still got a plan for my life, and He'll continue to have a plan for my life until He determines it is time for me to go. And when he determines it is time for me to go, that will be the perfect time. Whatever that looks like. It will be his timing. So in the meantime, press on. Do what you're called to do. Quit worrying about everything. And, and believe it or not, that's where we begin to enjoy life. We, we never enjoy life by, by finally hitting a perfect set of circumstances. Because they just never line up that way. Uh, it, it, we learn to enjoy life by tapping into and walking in the will of God. And then in, no matter what the circumstance, there's something about life there that has a quality to it that we often lack in, in just trying to make things happen and make things work. So we, we started with this idea of perspective. And then I said that once we, we begin to get our perspective turned around, that, that the next thing that we need to do is we need to start seeing everything differently. We need to see things the way that God does, that many of us struggle with a spiritual blindness. And that God wants to heal our eyes so that we can see, see the way He does, see people the way that He does, um, not just stop at the outward, which is what we so often do, but look deeper into people, not make such quick decisions about the way that we're going to treat people in situations, but but learn to see things with with God's eyes. That Jesus is the light of the world; that we need to see everything is illuminated by Him, and that it's a whole new way of seeing. And then last week we talked about understanding, which has to do with hearing and listening and becoming better listeners and listening to what people are saying and really listening, allowing that to be a deeper process too, that you you go beyond maybe just what they're saying to to really begin to try and understand where they're coming from. And that this is an important part of encouragement and, and that we need to... Um, some of us, most of us, be healed from a spiritual deafness that's very self-focused. Uh, and so I want to talk today about talking, and because uh, that's the next letter in our acronym. And I use talking, but it's really about how we're going to use our words in life. And last week's memory verse or two weeks ago whatever however you want to look at that Hebrews 10:24, that that says let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds I brought this point up last week I, I need to bring it up again it's let us and, and my question was to myself and then the others well how much time are you considering how to encourage one another on toward love and good deed I mean how much time are you actually considering it and I my response for myself and most you is probably not a whole lot. And yet, biblically, it's part of this ministry. And that, that ultimately, embracing the ministry of encouragement sets us up to consider, to really consider how to, how to spur people on, to encourage them. And that one of the best ways we can do that, I, another one of the best ways, I said last, last week, we'll encourage people by li- really learning to listen. Another very powerful tool is learning how to bless people with our words. And, and that there is tremendous power in our words. And that's the first point that we need to consider is the power of words. The power of words. Now, James 3, 8 through uh, 12 says this. No man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With a tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. See, the, the thing is, our words are extremely powerful. And we can use them to build people up or to tear people down. And, and it's amazing the power of words. You know, when God created, He spoke. Uh, the, the demonstrating the power and, and created in His image and likeness, our words carry a similar sort of power to speak yeah uh, virtually into being and by that i mean the words that you give to people can change their lives can impact them forever for good or for evil and you know the the old sunday school or not sunday school but the playground sort of rhyme uh, sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me is a lie because you'll mend pretty much from sticks and stones words can impact you forever and there are certain words that people have had spoken to them that have that have kept them in a, in horrible places in life and and see that's the power of words used in the wrong way because people who were in positions of authority in life that should have been speaking life-giving words often spoke negative words out of their own frustration and brokenness And we took them in, and they became a reality to us, even though they weren't the truth. And so we have the ability with our words to impact people in significant ways. And this is something that that becomes a huge part of the ministry of encouragement, is, is being those people who use our words well. Sometimes we get real stingy with our words, especially for others. We like to talk... When it's kind of uh, got a selfish motivation behind it, because, of course, sort of about us, um, we like to engage in gossip. We like to engage in um, a talk where perhaps we're judging others because we start to feel better about ourselves. But, but what we need to do is really begin to think about what our words are doing and, and how we're using them in the process. Are we using our words to build up or to tear down? And, and so we, we have to begin to uh, move into this. And a lot of those people that we're talking about who have been spoken into in in bad ways, um, they, can, they can be impacted by speaking words of life into those situations and into those people's hearts and lives. And yet somebody needs to be willing to do it. And so uh, we have to be those that use our words to encourage, to build, and to bless. And... We need to, just like with the eyes and with the ears, we need to learn this from God. What, what, how are we going to speak that's going to have an impact? James 3, 3 through 5 says, um, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts, Consider what a great force is set on fire. By a small spark. See, to me there's this concept, there's this idea uh, as we submit to the Lord. We can't do it in our own strength. That that as we yield to the Spirit and our desire to be used by God in this ministry, um, we get to choose how we're going to use our words. And that that we're going to learn when to speak and when not to speak and what to speak and what not to speak as led by the Spirit of God. And sometimes what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to learn to bite our tongue. That's point number two. Because, can you relate to that scripture? How many times in your life has something that shouldn't have been said that you said really messed up your life for a while? And you almost know it immediately once it's come out, that it shouldn't have come out. And we would have been so much better off if we just bit our tongue. Just, mm, going to stop for a minute and and that this is something that all of us need to learn and and we need to get a hold of it because of the power of words see because if you let a, a, a words fly out there that shouldn't be said there's a destructive force that then compounds the problem because words are so powerful and so we really need to think about what we say ephesians 4:29 through 32 when we allow ourselves just to vent with our words, we're being very selfish. And, and it's all about us at that point. And we need to think about this. It's, you know, Paul was very clear. Don't let it come out of your mouth. The only words that you come out are things that are helpful for building other people up. When, when it's not what's happening, see, that's when we need to bite our tongues. Because it's just not worth saying. And yet we're conditioned to often do just that in our own frustration, in our own anger, and whatever's happening, to just sort of lash out, and we're using our words in in ways that we were not created to use them. And so, before you speak, there's some things you should ask yourself. Um, I I had more, but I narrowed it down to three just for the sake of trying to keep the beginning and the end of this message close together. (laughs) And, And here's some things you should ask yourself before you say anything. First thing is this is what i'm saying true is what i'm about to say true if it's not true don't say it if you don't know whether it's true or not don't say it that'll stop gossip in its tracks cuz if you don't if you just heard something and it's not verified don't say it and listen in today's world same thing goes with email you you know don't you that some of the email that comes to you is not true and that that there's all this stuff that happens and people take it and go, and they spread it and they never stop for a second to consider if it's true because someone and someone in the someone has written well my cousin's a lawyer and he's told me this was absolutely true <laughs> or I, this was in a newspaper article so you know it's true look most of that stuff that comes out that seems that makes you go, ah, isn't true. Simple. There's a website, truthorfiction.com. You get an email like that, go to truthorfiction.com and I, you can see that it's already been around the world for like 15 years. I get an email every now and again that's been around for so long, I'm like, I can't believe this thing still circulates. Like if you circulate this thing to enough people, Bill Gates is going to send you $10,000. That's been out there forever. He's not going to do it. <laughs> he's, he's not, I promise. It's not going to happen um look the point is back to speaking again if it's not true don't say it just don't say it and if you're not sure it's true don't say it just hold it in better for you doesn't need to be said second little question is what i'm saying helpful is what you're about to say helpful and by that i mean are you speaking to build the person up And that's really what it's all about. Is it helpful? Um, and this is see, so important because I've been in instances in my in in things where something's happened, and I've wanted to pick up the phone and let somebody have it. But who's that about? It's about me. And it, what's the point? I want to use my words better than that. I, I do. I. I if it's about me, that just means, rather than venting at someone, I need to go to God. So God, I'm upset about this. And, you know, I need you to work with me here. And show me what you're going to, you know, what are you going to do with it? Just give me, give me something else. Because venting is not the answer in this particular case. I'm not talking about holding it in. That's not good either. Take it to God. Get with Him. But if it's not helpful, don't say it. If it's not true, don't say it. And if it's not helpful to the other person, don't say it. Especially if, you know, your motivation is, well, you know, it's something other than love. Just don't say it. It's not worth it. And always remember this. If you have to start any sentence with, I don't mean to be rude, but don't. Because you're about to be rude. And it's not helpful. And it doesn't need to be said. It just doesn't. We've got to let stuff, some stuff just has to stop with us. It just doesn't need to go any further. Some people, you know, sometimes you hear something about someone and you go and tell them, I know I heard this about you, um, and they just don't need to know the people, you know what I mean? Just let it die with you. Just let it stop and, and hold it there. Because repeating it, is that helpful? No. Think about it. Is it true? Is it helpful? And, and ultimately, is it loving? That's the third point. My, uh, my other question, if I was going to add one, would be, is it necessary? Um, but I think i compass it with these three. Uh, is it loving? Are your words motivated by love, by God's love for the person that you're talking to? If that's not your motivation, probably not worth being said. If your motivation is anything besides love, if your motivation is anger, frustration, or vengeance, in particular vengeance, just don't say it. doesn't need to be said. Just doesn't need to be said. And, and, and so if we can begin to learn the power of our words and use them appropriately, we can have a significant difference. And to me, when we allow ourselves to use our words in all those other areas, we're just wasting our words. We're tossing out this wealth of power in the completely wrong direction. And, and we need to use our words to build and to encourage and to help and to lift up. And see, that's the, the third and final point is, is, see, we're at the final point. Aren't you guys glad? The end is near. We need to speak words of life. So it needs to be our focus. I want to I use my words with God in the equation to help bring life to people. I don't want to be the person that repeats all the bad news that I just heard. I, I don't want to be the person that, that picks up on every negative discussion and runs with it and makes it worse. I don't want to be the person that Here's a piece of gossip and can't wait to share it with somebody else. I, I, I told you, I want to be the person that my dog thinks I am. And, and so we have to speak words of life. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. We, it, in us, we have the ability to, to speak words that bring life or that bring death. Proverbs 12, 25. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. The world's anxious. A word of encouragement, a word of life can change that. Some people are in conversations about events and they're not hearing anywhere that there's hope. And they get beaten down fast. And just injecting something different will actually stop it for a little while. You'll see people react differently. They're so used to you to people, to to share in their fears and having you compound them, that when you take it in another direction, they almost don't know what to do. And yet that's what we're called to do. That that there's there's always hope. There's always God that we can hang on to. And so our words should be life to people. They they should inspire. They should encourage. They should help to calm. Um, They should sometimes help to challenge the people that we're talking to. But see, that's life. You know, I'm not saying that you you never speak a hard thing to someone because sometimes we're called to speak the truth. But it, but if we're not going to do it in love and mercy and grace, again, we don't need to speak it. You know, what's the motivation? We have to test everything by our motivation. And are we being motivated by the love of God or is there another factor? So, so this is the deal that we need to hang on to. So, and I, I know it's a lot, but to be encouragers... We've got to get our perspective changed. In the change of our perspective, we've got to be able to see differently. We've got to be able to hear differently. And we need to start speaking differently. Using our words to encourage, to inspire, to build. And, and I think, you know, I need to challenge you again. It's like last week. I, I, I said, you know, what kind of listener are you? And really think about it. Really work on it. This week, you know, my, my encouragement, is for you to listen to yourself this week. Listen to the words you're speaking. Listen to your conversations. You think, what are you talking about? Tune in. Sometimes you're just speaking and you're not considering it at all. Consider what you're saying, how you're saying it, what it looks like, and ask God to help you to use your words to bring life and not for for any other reason, not to harm, not to hurt, not to exact vengeance, but to build up wherever we can this is a a significant part of the ministry of encouragement and i encourage you to just take it on with the other things that we've talked about amen amen all right well if you're watching by video thanks for watching if you're on the internet and need something you can call us or email us or write us if you're up in williston watching hi guys and uh, look forward to seeing you soon but we're going to go ahead and pray for the group here tonight so uh, let's go ahead and take care of that now Father, we are grateful for who you are.